share this morning. We're going to get back to our um, study of Ephesians in a couple uh, in a couple of weeks. I felt I need to share a couple things with us as a church before we jump back in there. So uh, I want I want to ask you a question this morning. I got three pictures for you, and I want, I want you to uh, tell me what these three things have in common. So the first one here, anybody know who those guys are? The Toronto Maple Leafs, right? Oh, uh, come on now. We're in church. No fighting. No fighting. We love each other because we, we have to, all right? So um, this, this, anybody seen this movie before? Sabrina. All right. Now tell me, anybody know who the character is in the lower? Uh, yes, Harrison Ford. But what's his name in the movie? Linus. Linus Larrabee. Great movie. If you haven't seen this movie, uh, see this movie. Any, any idea yet what the correlation is between the Toronto Maple Leafs and Linus Larrabee? Not yet? This will help. Who's this? The Tin Man. Now, anybody know what all three of those things have in common? No heart. That's right. The uh, Toronto Maple Leafs are just, just choking. Linus Larrabee, if you watch the movie, he's the world's only living heart donor. And um, obviously, Tin Man has no heart. Can you, can, you know what? Uh, this morning, I want to say that heart matters. Can you say it with me on three? One, two, three. Heart matters. Don't lose that this morning. It's really important. As I've been studying the life of Jesus, wanting to get to know God by seeing uh, him through Jesus. Uh, Jesus is God the Father revealed. Do you want to know what God looks like? Just study the life of Jesus. Uh, How would God talk to people? Look at the life of Jesus. How would God deal with situations? Look at the life of Jesus. So I've been reading through the Gospels again with a whole new, um, a whole new uh, set of lenses to say, God, who are you? And I don't want to know about him. I want to know him. I want to know that this person I have a relationship with, I want to know more about them. It's good to do that in your life. Study the people in your life. Study your spouse because she's changing all the time. Uh, you know what she liked at one point? She may not like anymore, you know? Y- yeah, keep studying that, girl. Uh, 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 and same with them. Um, with your kids. Get to know your kids because they change. It's unbelievable how much they change. But study them to, so that that relationship stays closer. That's huge for parents with teenagers. Study your teens. Be, be aware of what they're going through to keep that relationship strong. Same thing we're doing with God. Uh, as I read through Matthew, I found that he talks a lot about heart because why? Heart heart matters. Um, verse, um, in chapter 9, verse 4, he says, you can think evil in your heart. He talks about in Matthew 12 that it's out of the abundance of your heart that your mouth is speaking and that you'll, you'll be judged for every idle word you speak because the words that just kind of slip out of your mouth, it's coming from somewhere in your heart. He said if, a, if a, a tree is good, it bears good fruit. And if it's a bad tree, it bears bad fruit. And that verse, in the context of it, it's talking about the words that are coming out of your mouth, the fruit of your lips, what, what the words you're speaking, it's coming from in your heart. You want to know what's in your heart? Listen to what you're talking about. Listen to how you handle situations. I had somebody said they fell and bumped their head this week, and I was like, oh, and what words did you say? Because I was just really curious. He's like, I can't tell you, Pastor. I was like, okay, tell me after church, because I ought to preach right now, right? So, you know, tell me later. But what comes out of your mouth in situations? When you're under pressure, what's the first thing that comes out of, out of your mouth? You know how you hear people, you know, they're, they got their kids, you know, and everyone else knows their kids a terror, right? They're just like, they, they get in every kind of trouble, you know, they're, they're on their way to prison, and uh, their mom will say something like, you know, I know he does bad things, but he's got a good, nope, he doesn't, you know, it's, um, his heart is, out of his heart is where all this junk is coming from, because heart, heart matters, Matthew 13, it says your heart can be hardened, and that could be us here this morning, that you can, you know, by not listening to God as he's trying to do something in your life, saying, ah, I'll do it later, you can harden your heart, Matthew 15, verse 8, it says their lips, he's talking about the Pharisees, he's like, their lips praise me, but their hearts are far from me, you know, we can stand here on a Sunday morning and sing songs where our lips say words that our hearts don't mean, he's saying, I, I don't care what you guys do on the outside, it never was about that, 
It's about your heart because heart matters. My heart, your heart matters. Matthew 15 said what comes out of your heart is what defiles you. This is not the stuff that you're doing. It's not how much alcohol you drink that defiles you. It's what comes out of your heart. The Pharisees, he said, it's not the foods you eat. It's not if you have like a pork burger, you know, that, that, that that's going to defile you in the Jewish culture. He says, it's what's coming out of your heart. All that stuff just ends up in the sewer anyways. It does some damage to your body, but it's not, it's not defiling you. It's what's in here that's defiling you. And so he says, make sure your heart is right. If that was his words for then, it's his words for now. Matthew 8, um, 18, he says, you know, you forgive from your heart. If you got forgiveness issues, you got heart issues this morning. He says in Matthew 22 that the greatest command, what do he say? The greatest command, not option, not suggestion. <laughs> the greatest command that God said to us is love the Lord with all your heart. Why? Because it matters. Heart matters to him. God's always been concerned with heart. 252 times he talks about it in the Old Testament when it was all about laws. It was still about the heart. When he chose David to be the king, he said to Samuel, don't look at the outward appearance. Don't look at what they look like on the outside. That doesn't matter. He says, what I'm looking at is what's in the heart. He says the same thing he said to the, to the children of Israel. He's like, you guys got circumcision down pat. Great, good for you. But he says, what I desire is circumcision of the heart. He says that all through um, Psalms, David talks about meditating on the word of the Lord in your heart. This heart thing is all throughout the Bible, and it's so, so important. And if we don't get it, we're going to have some issues with a whole bunch of other things in the Bible, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. If you have your Bible, go to Mark chapter 4. Uh, as you're going there in Proverbs, it, Proverbs, there's a famous, famous verse in Proverbs chapter 4. In verse 23, it says, guard your heart. But before that, it says, uh, says a few other things. We have those up there. It says, my child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Don't lose sight of them. Uh, it says, let them penetrate deep into your heart. What's he saying? Keep your eyes on them. Pay attention to them. Keep your, don't, let, don't lose sight. It's like you're driving, all of a sudden you're distracted, you know, and, and then what happens then? Accidents, right? You run into stuff. He says, keep your eyes on what's important. Don't lose sight of the words, for they bring life to those who find them and healing for their whole body. Healing for their body talks about life comes from that. And then it says this, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the, uh, it determines the course of your life. That word course is translated a bunch of different ways. But he's saying this, he's saying guard it. Guard it like you'd guard a prison. Like guard it like if you let that prisoner go, your life is in trouble. Guard it like, you know, it's your prized possession because what you don't realize is that it is. Because heart matters. It talks about how the course, that word's translated different ways. It's one of them's translated issues. You got issues in your life, guess where they're coming from? Oh no, it's the person I'm living with. No, it's not. It's my kids. They're ruining my life. No, they're not. Do you know Jesus said that it doesn't matter what you're going through, you can have peace in this world. Why? Because it's in here. It's in your heart. You can have it here. Uh, you know, it says uh, that, that, that um, out of your heart come the issues of your life. It's also that word translated as boundaries. Out of your heart come the boundaries of your life, which is good in some ways. If you can have some things in your heart where you say, you know what, I'm going to trust God for, for the, that, that his way is right. You know, the way he says to do dating is the right way of doing dating. I'm going to do that. You know what, that, that'll put up boundaries in your life. And it's almost like um, uh, the, the guardrails along the highway. You know, when you're driving around here, we kind of take guardrails for granted because our roads are great. But go to Guatemala and drive around mountains with, you know, crazies driving the other way. You know, buses passing transport trucks on a two-lane highway, you know, going off the side of a mountain and no guardrails. You know, you're like, ah, uh, it would be really 
really great if they invented those here. Why? Because guardrails protect us. They keep us in a spot. And you know, as you study the Word, as you put the Word in your heart, it will protect you. It'll put up these, these boundaries in your life that protect you. But on the flip side, if you don't, your heart will also produce boundaries in your life that will limit you. Limit you. Do you know that when I was um, young, uh, I, I've told this story many times. You know about how a teacher spoke into my life and said, Mark, you're going to grow up and just be a burden on, on society. If you don't get life figured out, you know, really, there's really, really no point in you uh, carrying on. That weighed on me heavily. That weighed on me, the thinking, you know, I have no purpose. I have no reason uh, to live. I struggled with suicidal thoughts when I was 15 uh, as a result of that. Um, and, and, and I would love to blame it on my teacher, but guess what? It wasn't. It was in my heart. Had those words not taken root in my heart, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have the limitations. You know, because uh, things that, that terror, the fear I had of speaking to anyone, one-on-one, fear of people, period, the limitations of that, you know, pushing past that, giving God the opportunity to do something through my life like this. Why? Because those boundaries, they, they're inside of you. It's crazy how people, you know, who, who've had loved ones or people, no, I shouldn't say loved ones, people in their life who have, who have uh, done things to them and damaged them, and those people are long dead, and they still control you. They're not doing it. It's coming from the heart. Why? Because heart, my heart matters. Can you say that? My heart, it matters. Turn, uh, if you're in Mark chapter 4, I just want to read a parable that Jesus, well, uh, Jesus talked about. And he said, uh, he was saying this to, um, to a whole bunch of people. And he said, he said this in, in verse 3. He says, listen. What does that mean? Listen. <laughs> it means listen. The first thing he says is listen. And that word actually translates to pay attention, get this. Not just listen like, hey, are you listening to me? Like, can you hear me? Uh, yeah, Mark, you got a microphone, and you're like right there. We can hear you. Uh, it's this thing of get this, understand this. Um, it's more than just, more than just um, hearing this, more than just listening. Uh, it's, it's understand what I'm trying to say. I was, I was driving a truck uh, with my... Uh, with my dad, I'll just put it out there. So we were driving uh, to um, Quebec, and in Quebec, they decide that if you don't speak French, well, they're not going to talk to you. Uh, so we got to this place, and, and we, we got to this place where there's a bridge, and we're driving the transport truck, and I can't figure out what the sign says or means, but it looks like, you know, trucks aren't supposed to go over this bridge. So my dad says, oh, don't worry, let's just ask this guy right here. So he uh, rolls down the window, he stopped the truck, and we're in front of the bridge, and he says, hey, can this truck go over that bridge? And uh, the guy's like, he's like, I don't speak English, and however he said that, no English, and uh, and uh, so my dad, all of a sudden, he figures, well, he'll just ask again. It's just slower and louder. Hey, does this truck go over that bridge? And I'm like, Dad, he doesn't speak English. He's like, no English. And so he was going to go a third time louder and slower. I was like, Dad, there's a, there's a communication issue here. It's not, it, never mind. We just backed the truck up and went a whole different way. But the, uh, the, the idea is that even though, you know, he's saying something over and over, there's the potential that the person on the other side is never going to understand it. Jesus is saying to these people, he's like, listen, what I'm about to tell you, you need to understand. And it's the same thing this morning. Like, well, I already heard this story before. Don't miss what he wants to tell you today through this story. Because for myself, even as I studied, I learned some things I've never, ever seen before. And I've read this story many times. So he says to them in verse 3, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed, and as he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. 
And he said then at the end of his story, anyone with ears to hear, let him hear and understand. Why? He's at the beginning, he's like, get this. At the end, he's like, get this. So he's talking to a whole bunch of people. He says, well, that's cool. That's a nice farming story. Real good. What are you trying to tell me? You just told me a story about farming. So then the disciples afterwards, they uh, say to him in verse 10, when the disciples were alone, or Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parable meant. So he's like, I want you to get it. I want you to get it. And uh, they they don't get it. So if you're here this morning like, I don't get it, you're in good company. But guess what I love about Jesus is he doesn't just leave it there and go, humph. He begins to take more time with them and say, okay, let's break this down a little bit more. He replied to them, verse 11, you're permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they, say, when they see what I do, they'll learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they'll not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. There's a lot of, um, there's some, uh, whatever, there's some differences of, of views on what those verses mean, and we're not going to go there this morning. But it says, Jesus says this, and I love this. He says with his followers, he sits down, he begins to talk to them and say, this is what the, the meaning of the parable is. In verse 13, he says, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? He's saying two things here. If you can't understand this, you're not going to understand any of the parables. But he says, if you don't understand this one, this one's kind of like the keystone to the rest of them. If you get this one, you're going to understand a bunch of the other ones. And if you don't get this one, you're not going to understand a bunch of the other ones. When I look out at a church and I look at lives of people that are not getting and understanding what the Word of God means for their life today, I see that this is one of the main reasons why. If you don't get this one, the rest of it is not going to make a whole lot of sense. Jesus, I, I just want to say, he's, you know, he, he's not talking about um, people getting saved in this um, story. You know, we talk about how, you know, the source of the seeds. And oh, some of those people, they have hard hearts, and that's why they didn't get saved. You know, and others, well, there was cares of this world that came up, and that's why they didn't get saved. You know, the, and, 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 and uh, he's not talking about that. Because he says some of the seed produced 60, and some 30, 60, and 100-fold. Well, you can't be saved 30%. You know, you can't be saved 60%. He's not talking about salvation. And who is he talking to? He's talking to followers of Jesus. So whose hearts is he talking about? Ours. He's talking about every heart in this place as well. It says that the seed, the seed is actually the same kind of seed all the time. There's nothing different in the seed. And the seed, what I want to say is there's nothing different in the word that's being shared. Uh, it's not that that uh, guarantees whether fruit happens in a life or not. It, the, the soil of the heart determines it. See, how can you be in a place where, some, where you share the word and all of a sudden one person's like, yeah, I get it. And you watch their lives just, just percolate and grow. And they got full of God's life inside. And you're sitting going, well, what doesn't happen to me? You know, God must not be real, or otherwise they're his favorite and I'm not. And we get these thoughts that go on. Guess what? It has nothing to do with the seed. That seed, the seed of God's word is not guaranteed to bear fruit in your life. That should be humbling and sobering to us. Because if the seed's not guaranteed to grow in our life, then there's a part of it that, that we do that matters. Um, it, it's... Uh, uh, I worked for this nursery. We used to take stock, uh, nursery stock to places, and uh, they would have a one-year guarantee on their stuff. So this tree, it's going to grow for one year guaranteed. Well, every year, we'd get thousands of returns, mostly from Walmart, uh, and we'd have to bring thousands of plants back, and they were dead, and ha- the, the company would have to give them a refund for these dead plants. And uh, my boss there, I asked him, how come, so many of these de- how come are these things never make their guarantees? Like, he says, because they don't water them. He says, we send them plants, and he says, they won't water them. That's why they, they water them like crazy before we send them, make them 10 times as heavy as they need to be, because he says they just, they don't. They have no common sense. Why? Because common sense is not so common. I'm sorry if you work at Walmart, but um, what's he saying? He says, there's no guarantee. 
Guess what? This seed's not guaranteed to grow. Just because you're here this morning, just because you're listening to this, doesn't mean it's going to do anything different in your life. That's really humbling for me, and that's why I'm as passionate about this morning as I am, is that my prayer is that you would get it. I've been praying for you since I woke up this morning. I was praying uh, last night for, uh, for, for you as well, that you would get this, and I believe Jesus would as well. I'm going to take a couple minutes to just go through the rest of this story with you. So many Christians hear the word, it makes no difference in their lives. They're followers of Jesus, but there's no victory in their life at all. They don't understand. They deal with the same issue for their lifetime. Jesus wants them to understand. In verse 11, he says, the mystery of the kingdom is no longer a mystery. I'm revealing it to you, and he wants to do that this morning by his Holy Spirit in your life. Matthew chapter 4, verse 14, if you go there with me, he says this. He says to them, uh, the farmer plants seeds by taking God's word to others. In the New King James, it just says simply, the sower sows the word. So what's the seed that he's sowing? It's called the, it's called the word. And the sower could be anyone. This morning, it's me. I'm sowing the word. I'm putting it out there for you. But guess what? The sower could also be you. And you know, as the guardian of your heart, as the one who's protecting that heart uh, uh, that's inside of you, you should be the sower in your heart. You should be the one who's speaking uh, into, your, into your own heart and life. Uh, they did a study at the uh, University of Texas to find out how much people retain. Uh, and it says this, they retain 10% of what they read. They retain 20% of what they hear. This morning, if you sit here and only hear it, you're only going to remember about six minutes of this and it'll probably be unfruitful in your life. They, re- they retain 30% of what they see. 50% of what they see and hear. I'm going to have some pictures later so you can see and hear, and hopefully you know you remember 50%. So 70%, they'll remember 70% of what they say, 90% of what they say and do. Incredible. Where have I heard that before? The book of James. Don't be just a hearer of the word, but be a doer. Why? Because it actually affects your life then. It actually changes you then. It's not this idea of, oh, I'm just going to listen to something. I'm going to hear it, and I'm going to do it in, in uh, Mark chapter um, 14, saying, or 4 verse 14, saying, the sower sowing the same seed. You're sowing good seed. The seed can grow and bear fruit, 30, 60, 100. Something's determining those factors. I, wanna, I want you to ask yourself, which one of these hearts am I? If the word is the same, if the word can bear fruit in, any, uh, in lives, well, then which one am I? Verse 15, it says, um, it says this, that the seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message, right? So that we already heard about that word. What does hear mean? Understand. They hear it. They understand it. Um, the message, that only to have Satan come at once and take it away. They hear the word. It's, it, the Bible talks about how it's sown in their hearts. So it's already sown into the heart, but Satan takes it away. This morning, the word can be sown in your heart, and he's just waiting. Waiting until this is over, till he can just steal it away from you. He's like a burglar. You know, he's, uh, he's waiting to bust in at your place. Uh, you know, we're, I'm going to do a series on Satan in, uh, in a little while because I, I think that that's one thing we completely misunderstand. If you have an enemy who can convince you that he doesn't exist, well, then when you go through tough things, you only got two people to blame, you and God. So if he can convince you that he's not there, he's just going to keep stealing from you and keep stealing from you, and you're not going to have any idea. How is he stealing it from you? Like, okay, let's figure out how he steals. What did we realize uh, in, in uh, Proverbs chapter 4? He says, guard your heart, keep your eyes on it. Keep your eyes. Pay attention. That's what he's saying here. Pay attention to the word. You get stolen from when you're not paying attention. When you're no longer giving attention to the word of God in your life, he robs you. Nobody robs your house when you're home. They wait till their neighbor goes to church on Sunday morning. Like that's, hey, he always is gone between like, you know, 8.30 and 10 or 11 o'clock on Sundays. That's when I'm going to rob his house. So if that's happened to you, sorry. But um, the, the, 
that's when you get robbed, when you're not paying attention. In the Philippines, we warned us, you know, when you're on the bus and if you're a woman, you have a purse, they'll just slice the bottom of your purse and just grab all the stuff out while you're not paying attention. Uh, right now, there's a, there's a whatever, a, a new scheme for thieves. They call them sliders. While you're pumping your gas, ladies, with your, with your purse on the passenger seat and you're not paying, right, they just open your door, take your purse, and leave. Keep it with you. So that was free. But uh, he's saying, you know, when you're not paying attention to the Word of God in your life, not just hearing it, but when you, if you just hear it this morning, just, ah, that's all right. If you're, if you're not paying attention, guess what? He's going to steal it from you. Why do you think it's called a fight of faith? Because you've got to fight to make sure that that thing actually grows in your life. Verse 16 it says this, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message. Again, they understand it. And immediately, say that, immediately. Immediately, three of you. Immediately, oh, they receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. And they fall away immediately, uh, or it says as soon as, but it's the same word, immediately, uh, as, as they have problems or are persecuted for what? For believing God's word. It's not saying, oh, that just didn't work because they didn't believe it. These people believe God's word. What is he saying to them? They hear the word, it says, and they receive it. That word receive it means they, they make it their own. They believe it. They believe it not just with their head. They're believing it with their heart that what Jesus said is true. And it says they do that immediately. They're like, oh, sweet. God said this? Yes, I believe that. And it says they have no root in themselves. It doesn't say they have no root in faith, no root in God. They have no root in themselves. Where is that in the heart? No root there. If you look at seeds, when seeds grow, the first thing that grows is the roots, not the shoot. Nothing above the ground. You don't see anything barely above the ground until the third stage there. Why? Because the roots have got to grow down deep before they're going to be able to produce anything above the ground. And it says this is what's exactly what's happening here. The Bible talks about having the Word of God engrafted in your, in your, in your soul and grafted in your heart, and it, saves, it can save your soul. Having that, it's growing deep enough in you. You know what happens on a Sunday morning? Somebody hears the word and it's like, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, that makes sense, Mark. I, I get that. And immediately you're like, yes, I believe that, God, that you heal. I believe that your word says that you can supply all my needs. God, I believe that you love me. And as soon as you leave, and, and all of a sudden pressure, it says, pressures of the world and persecution for believing, all of a sudden starts happening in your life. All of a sudden things are like, what? I don't, you're still sick. You think God heals? And you start looking at what? Oh, I'm still sick. What happens? immediately it's being stolen. Was it not there? Yes, it was there. It just hasn't grown through the surface yet. And it says what's happening in your heart is so often that you don't hold on long enough. You don't hold on long enough until you can, you don't see what's going on down here long enough to see it come out here. And it just gets stolen away from you. It gets robbed away from you. And it says that the Bible says, you know, that, that, um, there's things that in there that are truth, but what's happening to us, we're allowing situations to happen in our lives, and they determine what's true for us. You have an enemy who's trying to rob and steal from you and then blame it on God. And if you look at your situations and go, wow, things are falling apart in my life, wow, it must be God. Guess what? He just won. Guess what just happened? That seed just got choked out in you. Why? Because you didn't wait to, to see it grow through. It's still true. You know, you maybe they say, what? You actually believe that God can provide for you? What? You know, look at, look at your bills are piling up. You know, something's not, not happening. How can you seriously trust that God's going to meet your needs? Well, because Matthew says it, that I don't have to worry about, I don't have to worry about what I'm going to eat or what I'm going to wear. God can take care of me. You know, and, and believing words of, uh, that God has for you. What? You actually believe that God loves you? What? You actually believe that God forgives you? 
and you'll sin, and you'll, you know, you'll have the enemy just put this on you like you're worth nothing. He'll condemn you and just put this on your heart again. You'll be like, oh, you're right. I'm dirty. I'm rotten. Guess what? You're not. You just haven't waited long enough to see the seeds growing through. Don't lose that. Don't lose that because it cripples you. It steals everything. There's no fruit in your life. What? God has a plan for your life? Really? Well, the doors are slamming shut in my face all the time. Does God have a plan for my life? Yes, he does. But it doesn't matter if I believe that for you. What do you believe? He's saying, you know what? Faith is seeing it here seeing it in the heart before you see it out here. Hold on long enough. Fight that fight of faith to see that seed grow in your heart. Why? Because heart matters. Third one, really it's the last one, says this, the seed that fell among thorns represents those who hear God's word. What? They understand it. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth and the desire for other things so no fruit is produced. They hear things. It says they hear the word, but then it says other things enter in. And the, 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 the word, the breakdown of that is it enters in like food. So it would be like this. You're like, you know what? I'm going on a diet. I'm going to get, I'm going to get healthier. And so you decide, I'm going to have a salad with my Big Mac, and, uh, Big Mac combo this time instead. So you eat that salad. You're like, yeah, I feel like I'm a whole lot healthier. And then you push back that Big Mac and drink that 20-ounce soda. And you're like, yeah, you know what? I'm healthier. I ate a salad. Guess what? That Big Mac and that pop are going to do to that salad the same thing that the, the Bible's talking about this. You hit, sit here this morning like, wow, you know, I, ate a, I, I had a salad of the Word. You know, it's like I got some. I get it. Yes, I'm hearing. I'm understanding. There's going to be all kinds of things that want to come into your heart that are going to choke that thing out and just make it unfruitful. What are those kind of things? You know, it's, it actually talks about these things that come into your life. They come in in a sneaky way. They're creeping into your life. What kind of creeps are sneaking around your heart right now that you just are unaware of? Jesus is saying, I'm trying to help you out and tell you what they are so you can see them coming. Don't be unaware of your enemy. You know, there's a, there's a, a bird that, that lives, you know, all over the world, actually. It's called the cuckoo bird. There's 61 varieties of the cuckoo bird. Uh, this bird's crazy. Genetically, the way it's uh, designed, it'll lay an egg that's actually, the shell is two times as thick as most other bird shells. Why? Because it just lays its egg on the ground, picks it up, and drops it in other nests, sometimes breaking the eggs, but if not, no worries. It'll drop it in the nests of other birds whose eggs are similar size and color. The thing about the cuckoo bird is it always hatches before the other ones and begins to eat like crazy. So by the time the other birds hatch, they have no match for the cuckoo bird. It'll push them out of the nest and usually be the only, only one that survives. And it's being fed by birds of a whole other, other uh, species. You can see right here, the one on the left, cuckoo bird. One on the right, Christian. Didn't even know it. Just snuck in, thought it sounded good, thought it sounded like God, thought it was what, whatever. But what does he say? These things are creeping into your heart, and they will destroy, they will choke out what was actually designed to happen in your life. The dreams you have in your life, these things will choke it out. The word that God sows in your life or put in your life, it'll, it'll choke it out. And what does it say? It's the worries of life. We already know you don't have to worry about anything. If you're worrying, you've got a cuckoo bird in your nest. You do. It's, it's choking out what God really wants to do in your life. He says the deceit of wealth. Having money is not a problem. You know, the Bible talks about money solves all problems. But that money, if you, get, if you find the deceit of it and you're like, wait, money's everything. If I just had a little bit more, the deceit of that will take you away from God's word. You'll begin to trust it, not him. Dangerous. Dangerous. It says the thing, the desire for other things. What are other things? Desire for relationships that are not godly. Oh, God, please make this work out. I know she's not a Christian, but she's so hot. I know I just got to date her. 
Oh, God, you know, I'm in, I'm in grade 12. I haven't had a boyfriend yet. Please, you know, I don't care if he loves the Lord. I've just slashed my list all the way down to if he's like got, you know, two, uh, two legs and a heartbeat, I'll take him. Yeah? You know, like hey, ungodly, uh, ungodly relationships. He's saying, you know what, those other things, those desires for instant gratification, try and sneak into your heart. Like, ah, I know it's wrong, but, you know, it'll feel good. They sneak in, and what happens? They choke out what God really wants to do in your life. Don't miss this, because whose heart is he talking about? Possibly mine, possibly yours. He says, that, he says you know, guard your heart. Guard it, because they're creeping in. They're sneaking around. He says, pay attention to your heart. Be aware. Listen to what you're saying. Be aware of what's really going on in there. Be careful what you read, what you watch, what you hear. What's trying to come into your life? What things are creeping around your life? In verse 20, the last thought says this, the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word, produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as has been planted. You know, it says they hear and accept. It's they believe it. They make it their own. You know, he's talking about a bunch of hearts here this morning. Which one are you? Because this morning, even what we're sharing today may bear no fruit in your life if you're one of the first three. It says at the end, they're unfruitful. It doesn't make any difference in their life at all. And it wasn't because they didn't believe it when they heard it. Because you say you might be here this morning, yeah, I believe what you're saying, good. You know, you're in, you're in the top four categories. Yeah, I heard what you're saying, good. You're in the top four categories. Three of those bear no fruit. But I, something I learned as I read this is Jesus said, those who, who hear the word, they accept the word, and they bear fruit. Who's bearing the fruit? They are. Oh, God, please do this in my life. He's trying. <laughs> He's trying. It says they bear fruit. He's like, we're a team. We're together. This is what in Christ means. It's you and me together. There's a part that I've done, and now there's a part that you do. Pay attention to that heart. These people who bear fruit in their lives. Anybody see the apple harvest this year? This past year was just ridiculous. The trees are just like falling on the ground because there's so many apples. He wants your spiritual life and your life to look like that, where you're bearing fruit. And it says it's not just, you know, these people aren't just special people. They're not just special soil, the ones who God likes better. Uh, these are the ones who deal with the heart uh, conditions that we've just described. They're the ones this morning who say, you know what, I want to bear fruit in my life. They're the ones who say, I refuse to let the devil steal another thing from me. My eyes have just been opened to how he works, and I'm going to pay attention to the word. I'm going to focus on getting that into my life and into my heart. I'm not going to allow him to just steal it away. You know, it's the ones who decide that they're not, they're not going to give up believing just because they don't see in the natural. You know, Jesus said those who believe, they'll lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We'll lay hands on the sick this morning, and we could ask, hey, are you feeling better yet? And you're like, oh, no, my back still hurts. We're like, guess it didn't work. Or we can say, no, you know what? Faith says we just believe. It may not have happened yet, but it's a seed. It's just growing. It's just getting roots, and it's coming. So many throw in the towel at, oh, I didn't see it here. And we let our circumstance change what's true. Do you know what the, the, the word says that those people do? They stumble. It says they get offended. That word offended is, means they take the bait of a, of a trap. It says, and it actually, it says they cause a sin. That the, the translation of that last thought of just saying, hey, you know, those who, those who don't see it and immediately they give up. It says they stop trusting the one they ought to trust and obey. And they start trusting that what they see is real. God's got truth in his word that we, we fail to believe is true. Because it doesn't line up with circumstance in our life. And, and I'm saying as a church, I see this in us. This is something that, that even as uh, myself and as a, as a church, that we just got to say, you know what, Jesus, I want you. Because the Jesus I read about doesn't look like the one that, that I see uh, being portrayed uh, through lives around. I don't see that happening, and I want to. 
says they decide, you know what, I'm going to believe until I see. They're the ones who decide that they're going to choke out the cuckoo creeps in their life before they get to them. They're the ones who are like, you know what, I see the the areas that the enemy is sending things into my life. I'm just going to cut those things off. I'm going to stop to put put things in place so those things don't continue to happen in my life. Because why? I'm guarding my heart. Because it matters. Why? It matters. This morning, your life, the difference of whether the Word of God means anything to you. It's why we stopped studying Ephesians until this has happened. We could read through the whole book in the end, like, oh, yeah, sweet, we did another book of the Bible. His idea was that you would get it, that Christ in you and who you are in Christ matters, <laughs> that your eyes would be open to see it, but you got to pay attention to it. Mark 4, 24 just says this, pay attention. Again, it's a command. Pay attention to what you hear. Give attention to what, to what you hear. The measure that you're measuring it in is the measure it's going to be measured out. How are you measuring the word into your heart? Are you measuring it in a spoonful on Sunday morning? Are you saying, you know what, forget that. I'm going dump truck now. I, I, I get it now. I'm doing, I, you know what, I'm going to study the word. I'm going to read Tom's daily bread. I'm going to study the, you know, I'm going to get a daily devotional on my iPhone. I'm going to listen to podcasts. I'm, going to, I'm doing this thing. I'm going to get his word into my heart if it kills me. Because guess what? It won't. It'll actually do the opposite. It'll bring you life. You struggling? Stop just praying prayers. Dear God, fix it. Because he said, if you get this, you'll understand how it gets fixed. Live this thing. Live this thing. It'll bring you life. Can I pray for you? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's more than just printed things on a page, but that it's living and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, that it shows us the intents of our heart. God, as we sit here this morning and... uh, some of these things have just tweaked things in us. We felt your prodding in us this morning. Holy Spirit, would you continue to take the next steps in every life? As they leave this place with that in mind, that they'd be aware of their enemy and win. That they would fight the good fight of faith. That they would wield the sword of your spirit, the word of God. That they'd be pouring into their hearts because they realize that heart matters. God, I've done my best that I can do this morning. I pray that you would do what no other person can do. Would you encourage them to turn over the soil of their heart and protect the seed till it grows and until it bears fruit in them? Father, I thank you that you are with us everywhere, that we don't leave this place and it ends here, but it just begins. Thank you for that this morning. I pray your blessing over every person, every family here. Pray that they continue to grow in their knowledge of you and relationship with you. May their eyes be open just to see how amazing you are. Thank you for our kids. May they grow to learn this early, that their lives may be different as a result. May we be the family, the church that you uh, gave your life for. Desire to live that out today for you. In your name we pray. Amen.